0: Well, a lot of it is proximity. I I mean, it's Silicon Valley. You could stand in in a line at Starbucks, or at least in the past, and next thing you know, the line has a professor from UC Berkeley, a founder, one of the original members of some unicorn company, and...
1: Welcome to the Strategy Show. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And today we have on the show the host of the Silicon Valley podcast, Investment Banker with Third Ventures. Right now, launching a series of books with interviews, including the founders of Canva and Square and so many more.
0: Welcome, everybody, Sean Flynn. Hi, Simon. So I'm happy to be here. I love the intro. To the to the podcast and the interview, I love all the high fives, the energy. It, it's great. Thank you for having me on your show.
1: You know, it's it's a reminder from the old world where you could touch everybody as you like.
0: Oh God, I I miss the handshake deals. I miss the you know pat on the back. I miss the coffee meetings. I it's it's really killing me right now. This social distance, but it is what it is.
1: I am so excited to have you here. We you have CEO tips for us like your network is a soccer team, analyze it as such, find existing networks to tap into and always practice and get a good sleep. But especially, you are meeting the hottest entrepreneurs on this planet.
0: (laughs) Well, a lot of it is proximity. I I mean, it's Silicon Valley. You could stand in, in a line at Starbucks or at least in the past, and next thing you know, you're, the line has a professor from UC Berkeley, a founder, one of the original members of some unicorn company, and you know, a homeless person and uh, aspiring jazz artist. It's one of those areas where you're like, how does this all work? You know, you go to the 24-hour fitness a gym here, and it's literally a CEO with, uh, you know, a barista with a soccer mom with all waiting to use the bench press machine it's it's incredible the people here
1: so we have the chance right now because we have around 120 countries listening to this so many are super interested how is it to be right now in silicon
0: valley how's the atmosphere well i mean things have changed quite a bit it actually in my conversations they're getting a lot more positive at the beginning of the year, with COVID, there was a lot of companies that I knew that actually had to shut down. They were beginning to raise their next round. Uh, the investors said we want to wait, but of course, the companies with their salaries that they had to pay, with their you know commitments, they weren't able to make it. I've known quite a few founders that closed the doors. I know quite quite a number of other people that have actually left Silicon Valley. I have a good buddy that moved to Florida. I have another that moved to Kansas. I've had another Colorado, just all over where they've seeked either opportunities or cheaper areas to live in. In fact, I took a, a mini road trip uh, just a few weeks ago and I visited some of them. So I went to Kansas, I went to Texas, I went to Colorado, I went to quite a few places. My my wife got to shoot a gun for the first time. Uh, so she feels really American now. But at the beginning of all this, no, there's a lot of people that were really worried about what's going to happen. Luckily, though, in the last few months, a lot of the venture capitalists, a lot of the angels that had money on the sideline are now really starting to push deals. They're really starting to look for companies to invest in. They really want to get that money out before the end of the year. Uh, I mean, their investment thesis is to deploy a certain amount of capital over a certain amount of time. So now they're really starting to have a lot of catch-up meetings, I would call it, with with founders. Also, a lot of the founders have pivoted what they were working on before to the new environment. I mean, maybe they were working on this one marketplace, but now it's uh, a tracer type of software for communication and interaction. Or maybe this was just in-person ed tech, where now there's where thirty percent was a virtual component. Now ninety percent is a virtual component. Uh, there, there's a lot of in the last six months, a lot of adaptation to the new current environment and. I mean what was people were thinking we're going to take five to ten years to start implementing we're now seeing it it's going to happen you know 2021 it's it's pretty incredible the fast pace of all these startup founders wanted to adapt to the new situation the new environment and i mean i guess that's kind of what silicon valley is about
1: absolutely and so i have so many questions my first one is you just interviewed the founder of square i just invested in square and it makes a significant percentage of my portfolio right now how was your interview what did you learn
0: so first off i want to say jim mckelvey just a classy guy the, it was amazing how quickly he's able to build rapport with people right off the bat he was saying you know hey sean good question shot and actually actually before even that I'm sure you've had this similar situations where you get the guest on the, the interview, the Zoom call, and nothing's working. The sound's not working. The, there's, it freezes. So the first, I'd say, 16 minutes, I'm not even joking, of our interview was us just trying to figure out what was going on because my sound wasn't working. And, and he, I was sweating. And he's just sitting there all calm, all relaxed, going, don't worry, Sean, I blocked off the time. It's okay. Take your time. Take what you need. I've blocked this out. It's okay. And I'm just sweating, sweating, sweating. And then finally, I just had to restart my computer. Everything worked then, and we continued the interview. But I'm I'm nervous. I'm thinking I'm blowing this interview. And he's just looking at going. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. And then when we did the interview itself, the stories he went into and the details, amazing. Uh, I mean, he was. You could just tell how passionate he was about the book he wrote, the amount of research he went into creating it, the revisions, kind of his mindset and how focused he can be on on something. And it was really quite funny. There was a comment he made in it where he said, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm bored right now. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he's chairman of um, what is it? Uh, God, chairman of the bank or whatever uh, um, of this St. Louis on this advisory board, he's, he's, you know, on this board, all these things. And he's saying he's bored. And, and I'm just like, how, how is that possible? And um, but I've actually talked to a few of his former employees that worked under him. And he said, no, Jim would just, you know, sleep on the couch 24 hours getting this thing going. And he never rested for, you know, months. Uh, and I mean, I guess the switch from lifestyle between that to now, it it, it is a difference, but, He's just, it was just amazing. And I found this with other people I've interviewed. I've, I've interviewed Melly Perkins, founder of Canva, Scott Kearns, uh, co-founder of Juniper Networks, all these people that have taken a company from nothing to something. They're just able to build this rapport with anyone they talk to where you want to help them out, even though you know they're such at a high level, you can't, but you're trying to think like, if I could do anything for this guy, what would I do? And it's just amazing being around and getting to talk to people like that. But ask me any questions you want.
1: I think that Square can be a 10 company. It can be the Tesla of the financial world. It is setting up something that can potentially bring many millions of people who are underbanked or just non-banked uh, just via their phone to do financial transactions without middlemen, without all the... Distractions and the stuff that we don't need around it, so they can disrupt uh, the main,
0: the banking landscape in theory. Mm. Oh yeah, no, it, it, it is quite an amazing company. What they're doing, uh, I mean, him and Jack Dorsey and, and just the whole founding team and the story behind it with the their one pitch deck that says this is the hundred reasons why we're gonna fail this could be the one reason why we'll succeed and still going out there and then building from nothing to what they have. And I, I really recommend reading his book, The Innovation, uh, what is it? Innovation Dilemma, um, it, it goes on the story about how so many things had to go right and how they're the one company to actually survive the attack of Amazon. And it's, it's pretty incredible.
1: Your first CEO tip is about your network as if it was
0: a soccer team so I, I say this to people and i've said this before and a lot of people look at me and they don't quite understand what i mean by that but if you look at a soccer team you have the forwards you have the defenders you have the people in the middle you know where you're going to try to kick the ball to you know people may try to push it back to you so when you're thinking of your network i like to look at it the same way okay if I'm a service provider or I have a product or this, who are my leads and who can I push the customer to if they're not a fit for me? So if I'm this you know investment bank and I focus on on this one type of uh, this one type of sector, maybe raising capital between 10 million and 50 million, and a, uh and a potential customer comes to me and goes, we want to raise 250 million. Well I think, okay, that's not a fit for us. Let me push it to these guys in front of me. Maybe they get a customer that says, "Hey, we're trying to raise twenty-five million, and that's too small for them, so they push it to me." Or maybe it says, "Hey, we need a million-dollar angel round," and then there's the people in the defense that I would push it to them so they can move, you know, the ball up the field, so the ball's in the right position in that network. Not only that is also you know soccer players sometimes they get injured sometimes they they they're ready to retire and there's new people that have to come on the field so you actually always have to be refreshing your network as well i've noticed some people have this problem where especially i've noticed gentlemen maybe in their 50s 50 you know 55 years old their network is getting to that retirement age
2: you want to make your sales more repeatable and reliable do you want to have less volatility and more growth in your revenue per month? At Strategy Sprints, we do only one thing, strategy and sprints. Strategy means having more revenue through a better offer. In sprints means having more energy in your team every week. Check out if your ROI is as high as it is for most service-based and online businesses and startups we work with, which is over 100%. You can see it in just 15 minutes by going to strategiesprints.com slash sales and completing our online exercise to know what your ROI would be with our accelerator program. We are ready to sprint. Are you?
0: And they've never really invested in meeting the younger rising stars. And so when they get to that age, they look around and go, oh my God, I'm back to square one, but I'm too old to start over where if during this whole process, they thought, okay, there's those new players coming on the field. I got to get to know them. The players are coming off the field. Yeah. Stay in contact with them, but you know, kind of bye-bye it's time for the next generation. So also really be thinking about who's, who's rotating in and who's rotating out of that field for you to build your network as well. Then you also have the people on the sideline, the coaches and everyone else that maybe get to play the whole field, run back and forth. Maybe that's who knows, if you're a um, service provider or something like that, maybe that's an HR company you work with or an accounting company you work with that works with anyone from a startup to these public companies. So they're on the sidelines, so you have to connect with them as well. So if you look at your your network as this soccer field, you start really trying to think of, okay, who, who am I missing on this field? Do I have enough forwards? Do I have enough defenders? Do I need more defenders? Okay am i am i talking to the people on the sideline? Am i getting intros from the right people over there? Should i even switch teams maybe? Maybe it's time to go go the other direction. But having that type of mindset will, will always keep your your network robust and help you you know develop your career. So that's what i mean by think of your network as a soccer team.
1: I resonate a lot with that metaphor and i was thinking how my approach changed over the years. So I'm just 40 but but even I have this shift in what I consider mentors and uh, people I look up to and I work closely on the big picture of what I'm building. And because when I was in my twenties and thirties, my business mentors were in their sixties. Now they are in the seventies, eighties. And um, the topics change. Now I find myself in masterminds with 20-year-old people and 30-year-old people who have a much broader view and a much clearer view on some topics. For example, uh, I don't know, YouTube. YouTube, I learned from a mastermind just with 20 years old right now mm. who are crushing it and they have millions of viewers and they know exactly how, how to play and, uh, and they're teaching it to me in that mastermind and we learn from each other. So I, I had that shift in the generations that you're talking to. And the second thing is I was thinking right now, all the listeners, hey, people, who, who is taking the balls that are too small for you? And where are you pushing the balls that are too big for you? How can you read? This is such an applicable uh, tip. This is amazing. If you just think of this this week, how can you st- strengthen the relationship that take the boards that are too small and too big for you? And what can you do for them? And how can you create an accountability or a referral system with them? Uh, maybe doing a mastermind with them, keeping in touch. Uh, th- this is such an amazing and very applicable tip. Mm. How, how do you do it?
0: So for myself, uh, exactly what you you just mentioned right there. I think to myself, okay, what when I'm working with the company who can I introduce them to okay this HR company this accounting company that have do they have type the, the people that I want to meet as well and then you know you give one referral to them they give one referral to you. I also have to to go into even more detail on that the soccer field the people I look for I kind of categorize people into three categories givers, equalers and takers. And what I mean by that is a taker, you give one intro, to, they give zero back. You know, they say, thank you. They walk away. Equalers, you give one intro, they give you one intro. And now a giver, you give one intro, they're going to be thinking all night, oh my God, I owe Sean a favor. I need to help him out with this. And next thing you know, there's three intros in your inbox that are all perfect. Uh, so... Try to meet as many people that are the equalers and the givers as much as possible. Try to be giver yourself. Stay away from the takers. You have to deal with all three of them before you actually know. So really kind of focus that network down. But once I find those givers and and those equalers, I try to reach out to them at least once a quarter. And if I can do once a month, that's even better, but at least once a quarter, just, Hey, how are you doing? Send them a, uh, you know, a link to a a book that I just read that I think they might be interested in or an article or, you know, my podcast, a link to it going, Hey, this person might be a a good listen to you. I also like to do LinkedIn posts where I thank them personally for intros. And I've realized that pays 10 X whenever, you know, I'll do, I'll do, um, if you look at some of my podcast posts, I'll do a post at the very bottom. A lot of times I'll say, and I'd like to thank so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so for helping me out this week. And, of course, they see that. They always comment, oh, Sean, you know, it's my pleasure. Now let me know how I can help you in the future. Other people see that and go, oh, man, Sean hasn't thanked me publicly. I want this exposure. And I am I also do that at the end of my podcast where I say, you know, I'd like to thank so-and-so for the introduction here. And I've just noticed just thanking people. In a public setting where others can notice it, drives them to help you more, drives others to want to help you, and keeps relationships warm. Always trying to find a way to keep your your face out there. Real estate agents do an amazing job. You know, you always see their post everywhere else. I'll help you sell your house. Here's my card. But you don't see that many other people in business do it as often. I mean, just having a, you know, a post on LinkedIn once in a while and Facebook and Twitter and all these other social media platforms reminds other people that you're there, reminds people, hey, I had a conversation with him a while ago. Maybe, oh, yeah, I just talked to someone that might be a good fit that I could do an intro to. And if they're giver equaler, they'll try to do that as soon as possible. They'll do it immediately. If they're a taker, they, they, they won't. But over time, I mean, your network would build. Also, one thing that I do that maybe a little tip for your audience they might like is it, when I type in the contact information in my contacts, I always put, you know, first name, last name, intro, and then the person. So for example, um, um you know, Steve Smith intro, Patrick Lee. And I noticed in my emails over time, who's doing all my intros. Yeah, uh, you know, there's really not that many. There's literally 10 to 15 people that I'm like, God, 50% of my contacts have come from these people. I have to remember myself to to send them a Christmas gift or some type of thank you or, or something. So just, those are just some tips I would say for that, you know, starter person in business development, that CEO founder, or, or someone out there that's trying to build their network or has a network that really wants to leverage it.
1: Super excited to talk networks because right now, in this pandemic we now are aware and we feel that we are interdependent, we are connected and relationship is everything that we have actually and it's the only thing in, in, in all the change and in all the dynamic It's the only thing in our control and it's the only thing that we can nurture every day and on a commercial side it's zero cost of acquisition so it's the best thing to do over referral. You have a high trust, you have a good working filter because they know what what your strengths and weaknesses are and so they would not recommend you they would not intro you if if they don't believe in your expertise and if you if they don't trust so this whole filter is already done it's the best funnel ever and it doesn't cost anything and it's even fun so and right now in the pandemic it's easier to connect to people so in march i felt really isolated for a couple of weeks but then we went with this show, we went from weekly to daily. And now, believe me, in most countries of the, in this world, I know more people in Australia than in this street. Because the people in this street are not going out right now. But I meet every day some Australians or some Americans, or some Europeans, super cool people on the, on the whole planet. And so I'm much more connected than ever since the pandemic.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no. know. I mean, it's amazing how some people in this time have really utilized it. I Some of the startups and the companies they're building and the people people are meeting and networks. I mean, angel groups now are expanding to a global look at companies. Investors are looking global. Everyone's now switching that mindset to that global view. So, no, it's amazing what you just said. I completely agree with it.
1: Absolutely. And uh, it's so much easier to connect. Uh, so let's use it. Your next CEO tip is how to find existing networks and tap into them. Super excited! But before we go there, we go through the segment of the show that we call the award. If you could pick only one person that is doing things differently, when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging. Who is this person?
0: I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say uh, Creighton Wong. He's he's really impressed me during this whole pandemic. He's a gentleman that uh, at the beginning went to Vietnam to reestablish his company there, even though all his, his clients are here in Silicon Valley. He just he just knew in advance the uh, the fixed cost and that of doing work here versus there completely different. He's Opened up his whole marketing routine, completely revamped his company for the pandemic. And he's based in Vietnam and he's crushing it right now. So I think he would be a, a good person to talk to.
1: Love it. And now we deepen the road and we go down in networks. How to find existing networks and tap that?
0: So this one's pretty interesting because a lot of people, they actually asked me, especially founders that moved to Silicon Valley. And they go, Sean, I want intros to angel investors, or I'm looking for a CFO or a CTO or someone for my company. How do I go about meeting people? And I just tell them there's so many existing networks that all you have to do is meet the founder, the organizer, or someone there. And next thing you know, they will point you in the right direction for everyone there. So it could just be a meetup group where it's in that certain area you're interested in, maybe it's artificial intelligence, you meet the organizer and go, listen, this is my situation, this is what I'm looking for. They may ask, well, can you volunteer and help us out a little bit in exchange? And and that's perfectly fine, but they know who are the right people for you to meet. They know who are the right people for you to talk to after you explain to them what you want. And I'd say pretty much everyone has existing networks that they're not tapping into that could greatly benefit them. An example of an underutilized network is university alumni. There was one uh, startup that came to me and they said, well, actually, this is actually a frequent pattern. We don't know any angels. We want intros to angels. And I asked them where they went to grad, you know, undergraduate. Well, actually, both of them had PhDs. Their undergraduate was MIT. One went to Harvard for his PhD. The other, I think, went to Princeton. Uh, and I'm looking at them going, those, those alumni networks are so strong. How can you not get intros by just reaching out to them and asking, you know, the alumni chair, hey, this is what we're working on. Can we get intros to some of these people? You could just Google search or LinkedIn search who graduated in your class, who are our alumni, who's graduated in the past five years, or talk to an old professor, or the list goes on and on. And they can easily give you intros to the right people to talk to. So that's a network right there, your alumni, at your university, or even your high school, or your chamber of commerce, or this meetup or that. There's so many different organizations that have already been built. I mean, Simon, your community here, that's an organization that someone could probably go, Hey, Simon, you've interviewed all these amazing people. This is what I'm working on. Is there any way you can make the right introduction for me? I would love to help you out as well in the future. This is how I can help you. And just have those conversations. And, you know, podcasters, those hosts, I mean, if they're talking to all these people, they have to have a network. You talk to, you know, this person over here, he has to have a network. I mean, it could be your church. It could be a nonprofit. It could be any of these groups that have that network that you might be able to leverage. Just jump right in. Just go, hey, I'd like to help you out, and this is what I'm looking for. So you can take a whole year's worth of trying to network and meet people and pack it down into a few phone calls.
1: You know what's funny? People are calling me, and so when you need a speaker, usually you would (laughs) – so let's say three years ago, you would call a speaker agency. Right? and say, okay, this is the topic, this is the stage, this is the client. I need a speaker. Do you have a speaker? And right now, they're they're all asking us because uh, I, I interview two hundred people per year. So they say, okay, who can talk about this? <laughs> and so it's really, yeah, it's exactly as you say. I wasn't I wasn't uh, aware of it, but it's 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 happening. It's shifting also and there are new networks being created through this podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean I mean you're a, you're an influencer now. You're a key opinion leader. You're the person to go to. So, congrats. <laughs> Tell it to my wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, I'm an influencer now. You have to brush your teeth. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go to the third
0: third CEO tip always practice so always practice prove your questions the one of the first things i noticed especially in silicon valley the most successful people i've i've met i've run into are the ones that ask the best questions they're the ones that in a pitch event or when they're talking to founders or the founders themselves talking to investors or anyone or when they're looking at problem They ask a question and everyone else in the room just pauses and goes, Oh, we we've never thought of that. No one's no one's ever asked that before. Hold on, I need a day to think about it. And and I've over time I've looked at this and realized, I mean, I've been in the room with some very impressive people and they ask these questions and literally there's silence. And it's wow, okay, that changes the whole business model. Oh wow, we're gonna have to pivot. Oh wow, we never our run rate isn't what we thought or the market's not as big as we thought, or maybe it's the market's 10 times bigger than they thought. Who knows? But it was because of a question being asked. And a lot of people, I'm not sure if it's, you know, if they're younger or what, but a lot of people are hesitant, kind of scared to ask questions. But just that practice of asking question, And then actually there's a lot of books out there on how to ask questions, how to, Um, have open conversations, you know, neuro-linguistic programming or or all these other kind of sciences of of asking um, questions and getting rapport with people and that, when using that in your business, Uh, Whether it's, you know, for investing, whether it's for creating, whether it's for redeveloping, just being able to ask those questions from, you know, your point of view, the person across the table, a third person looking at the whole situation or someone even further back there and trying to visualize, okay, what would this person ask? What would that person ask? Can really change everything pretty quickly. I mean, I've met companies that have raised millions of dollars and then someone's asked a question and then they've realized, okay this isn't gonna work, we have to give the money back to the investors. We, we know it's better now to just stop than burn everything in six months. Uh, so the power of the questions you ask, really I'd say can impact a lot how far you go in your career and in life.
1: Absolutely, the power of questions, the power of words, but especially one question can change the trajectory, can show you a different path of your business model to pivot your main product so every Monday, we have the coach meeting where all the sprint coaches come together and we talk through every client, the three KPIs, how's the revenue going, how's client satisfaction going. And, and, and we, we go through that and we, we collect the weekly wins. So what was the weekly win of this client, of that client, of that client? And many times, sometimes, sometimes it's just revenue. We, we crushed this or we launched that and we won that. But sometimes it's really this one question from the sprint coach made up a completely new way of thinking about our price, of thinking about our product, thinking about how we deliver the value that we want to deliver. And this opens opportunities and changes the trajectory and creates a new path.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. <laughs>
1: Sean, where can people find more about you?
0: Uh, so, if they are interested in my podcast, it's the Silicon Valley Podcast. The website is the same, the siliconvalleypodcast.com. All my social media handles are Sean Flynn, S V S H A W N F L Y N N S V. So, that's Twitter, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, everything. Find me. I'm pretty active on social media. And um, yeah, hope that helps.
1: Who should be my next guest?
0: Uh, I could give you a long list. One person off the top of my head, Professor Pete. Uh, Professor Pete uh, used to work at uh, pretty much the biggest company in the world, but uh, a while back decided, hey, this isn't for me, and now he's helping entrepreneurs. He's an amazing coach. He's got the social media game down. hes I mean, when you talk to him, you come away going, those were good questions.
1: Wow looking forward to it thank you so much John, for being here for sharing these very applicable ceo tips with us and people just do it do what he says about the network seeing it as a soccer field and think about who you pass the ball to the smaller balls the bigger balls how can you stay in touch how can you nurture that how can you tap into existing networks and contribute there and then strengthen also that relations and uh, Keep rolling, everybody. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You.
2: We all know that working in Sprints is better, but how do we know what we should work on? You're in luck because we have a 15-minute exercise that will give you complete clarity on where to take your project next. Go to strategysprints.com sales to complete our short exercise and meet one-on-one with an expert Sprint coach to identify your number one bottleneck. Hey everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the strategy show. Make sure to like this video below and subscribe so that you can stay up to date with every episode of the strategy show. Get daily CEO tips from CEOs for CEOs.